Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Access Church, how are we doing? So since you guys were the faithful few that that came to church knowing Brian wasn't going to be here, that's why we brought you donuts. Now, it's, it's good to be here. That worked out that way. That wasn't my idea. Um, but... Honestly, it's really good to hear with, to be here with you guys to um, take another Sunday to to worship God um, to be with a group of believers that um, that has shown their dedication and and, and their love for Jesus. Um, just a couple announcements before before we get started. Next week we have the Mexico mission trip. So if you are going, make sure you get in contact um, with Brian. I'm sure you already know all the details, but um, that's next week. And, and for those who aren't going, please hold these teams in, in prayer that God, that not only that God would, would show the people um, that they're visiting, the kids that they're visiting, the love of Christ, but to also church, show our church, our, the people that are going, what God is capable of doing, right? Like we, we got to get back in, into having that childlike faith, having our faith, faith stretched. And, and what God is able to do in just one day. So just hold our church in prayer. Um, hold this team in prayer that God does. Um, the goal is to for us to come back and hear amazing stories, right? And and how God is moving in other places uh, of the world and, and how God is using our church to do, to do that. Um, the other thing is, don't forget, uh, October 31st, not, not only is it Halloween, but it's also a Sunday. So we're, um, we're going to get some tables together. We're going to decorate. Uh, if you're brave enough to come dressed up, please do so. Um, it's frowned upon if you don't. I, exper- I experienced that. <laughs> so make sure you participate. And if you're going to have a, a table set up, make sure you get with Laura Lee or sign up um, just so we know uh, what to expect. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for today, for it being... Such good weather for it being such a beautiful day that we're, we're able to come here, Father, and, and just fellowship and commune with, with our church um, and just be here to hear of your word, Lord. I, I pray, Father, that you be the one that speaks, that you be the one that gives us the words that we need to hear, Father, and we can walk out of um, walk out this day, Father, encouraged and um, ready um, to walk down the road you have called us to walk down, Father God. I also pray, Father, and I thank you that the Dodgers won yesterday. And I pray for the Giant fans who thought this was going to be an easy series for them, Lord, that you be with them in their disappointment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, I had to say it. I had to say it. Um, I was kind of nervous after game one. <laughs> so we've been going through through really uh, the book of Acts. And and Brian has done an amazing job, like walking us and opening us through what this book is. And, and I love how we're going, we're trying to go in slow motion to, to see, um, to try to unravel all the little things that God um, has to speak to his church. And and really the, the goal of this series is is for us to understand, first of all, our mission, our, our mission to, as a church, our mission as individuals, as family, a family unit, and just even our mission as 
as Americans in our culture, like what, what it is that God has um, has called us to do. And it, and and I also want want us to to realize that there are some things about the church, you you know, that we read in the Church of Jerusalem in the Book of Acts, um, that is true for any church in any generation. There are some things that are true today about the that church and what they experienced. Um, and they're going to be true for future churches, future generations. Um, and and the goal is by by realizing these things is for us to be able to build the confidence and boldness to walk in our faith. All right. Um, and, and really to under, understand that, you know, the in this book, we, we see, you know, the start of the church and how how it came together. And one of the biggest things is taking a, a bird's eye view, a top level view on on what God was doing is for us to realize like we have the privilege to look back. Right. It's for us to realize that God knows what he's doing. OK, God knows how he moves his church. God knows in what ways to call his people to be a, an influence to the world around them. And, and not only do we have the privilege to look back. But thanks to the revelation of John, to John, I should say, we also see what the future is going to hold, right? And that's very important to to remember and realize because if if we if we look forward to the Book of Revelation and, and Revelation seven, what John saw, he saw people of what multitude of people of all different tribes, different cultures together worshiping God. So God's methods, just remember this, are effective. All right. We try to place our own flavor to it, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, God's methods are effective. He knows what he's doing. All right. But with that, um, and it also demonstrates the the other thing that was going to stand out in in the series is that the power of Jesus did not die with him. Okay. It lives with the risen Christ, and it lives within his church. All right, so everything, and, and that's, and I know that's common Christianity language, right? But, but really to fully understand that, that everything Jesus was as he walked on, on this earth did not die with him. That was blown into, into his church to the disposal of his, I'm going to call it the saints, um, the church to, to continue the mission that he set forth, which was what? To spread the gospel, to spread the image of God to bring people into the knowledge of who Jesus is. And, and some of the things that, that we see in this church is that, and, and some of the things that, that will continue to be true is, is, is you know, they're, they're, you will see how devoted they were to the, the apostles' teaching. So there's devotion to, to the Word of God, and, and not only to the Word of God, to each other. So that's one of the biggest things. Like That's why I loved what this group said about one of the biggest weapons is communion with the church right so not only are we devoted to god but we walk with each other we walk in in difficult times we walk in good times and we walk into encouraging each other um in whatever life circumstance may bring us um there we will notice that they were people of um glad and generous heart that's one of the things i love and love and love about access church is how generous we are and and really, it's and for the for many of us have have been experienced different churches. For the size of church we are, we're pretty darn generous, 
And, and it's amazing that we can do that, right? And, and, it's, and it's because of you guys. Well, you guys are able to give. And I'm not just talking monetary things, all right? Um, even that our time that we give to each other, our time that we give to people outside of our church, it's amazing. If once you start, you start hearing stories of all the things that um, we all we all do, it's it's crazy how much we are willing to give. So it's and and that is an aspect that we see in the church that started in Jerusalem, and it's just the gladness, the generous heart, and just the fellowship, um, the fellowship with each other. Um, so as as we're going through, if we go through a quick overview, um, so we had the. The um, when when Jesus will start when Jesus ascended, right? So we had that that pouring, the outpouring of when he said, "Hey, I'm leaving. I'm gonna be with you. Go, you know, spread my word." So we we have when the day of Pentecost, um, Brian did an amazing job going through through that that showcasing of what the Holy Spirit is, right? And and really walking that fine line of not taking it out of context of what, but what the Holy Spirit is able to do when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came onto the people. And, and really last week in showing the power of God, that's that I really love the way Brian put it last week. And, and when Peter and John were, were walking um, to the temple and I would, you had that, that lame guy just sitting for 40 years, he was there suffering. And, and just Peter's response and having that faith and that boldness, like, hey, I don't have money. And there's a lot of times where we're not going to have the, the financial resources to give, but we have other things and probably bigger things to give to people in need. And just showing how the power of God demonstrated in that way in, um, in healing that man. But one, one of the things that I, I really want to want to focus on is one of the biggest universal truths that we're always going to experience. Okay, and and we need to have this dialed dialed in is that where wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ is is faithfully proclaimed, there are those who are going to receive the pardon, are going to rejoice, and there are those who are going to be offended by the idea that they need that pardon. There's always people that are going to respond, but there will always be people that reject. And not only will they reject, but they will seek to persecute and destroy those who embrace this ideology, those who embrace the gospel. That was true then. It was true a thousand years ago. It is true today. And it will be true a thousand years from now. There will always be people that respond, and there will always be people that reject the gospel. And it's important to, to understand that because in really understanding the gospel message, okay, and, and this is one, one of the biggest weapons that we have, and, and it is the, the word of God, the gospel is what pierces to a man's heart, right? But there are times where we don't use it correctly, right? We think that we have to move it or, or um, change the, the, the message. But really, it's, it's if, you under, if we understand the, the gospel message, and, and this is why I love the book of Acts, is that in Peter's sermons, they were very simple. They, they weren't extensive. They weren't um, deep messages. But it's 
really the root of the gospel that God meets us where we are. God meets, God will show up where you are. He will confront your sin. Like he will tell us the truth about ourselves. But not only that, but he, but he says, here is the forgiveness of that. Right? So, and that's the good news, that God meets us. That God comes to where we are. There's not anything that we have to do. It's not the other way around, right? So God meets us where we're at. He meets us in our sin. He says, like, hey, you're broken, but here's the forgiveness and how to fix it, right? So in, in understanding that, and, and the reason I want to take this, this um, bird's eye view of this is because really, and understanding and, and presenting, we as the church now have to carry this message, right? We're we're the message, the couriers of presenting this this gospel to the people around us. And there there are times where we're scared to do this because of what? Because they're going to reject the message, right? We take that personal, like, but it, it's understanding, like, hey, there there are times where people are going to reject the message. There are times where people will find um, reasons not to believe. Like how even not even within yourself, if you if you if you think back on how you came to faith, how long did it not take to come to faith? You find reasons not to believe, right? You because you do not want to give up. Like you you want to be your own your own god. You want to hold on to that that throne room inside of you, and you do not want to go surrender to God because you know you have to give some things up, right? Um, so, and that's, and that's who we are as humans. So when we present this, this message to people, there, there are times that if you, if you unravel in, in any conversations, you will find out that you will easily see that people just nitpick reasons. They hold on to reasons not to believe the message. It's, it's not that like they, they, it's Jesus himself that they're offended by. Right, it's the idea of God wanting to um, to be God, and wanting to like I don't know if we want to call it dictate someone's life. That's how we see it, right? That's how some people see it. But and 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 the reason I say this is because it's really easy, especially in our day and age, to to want to give Jesus some sort of makeover. And I'm talking about us as Christians. We want to make him more palatable for people to swallow him, for people to understand him, for people to, to, to be not as offended by him. So we change the gospel message, right? We change the way we present it because, oh, if I, if I say it this way, maybe I, like, I don't want them to get offended. Or, or I don't want people to, um, we, we try to mold them into our culture so, so people would, be more willing to to accept. But is that really the right thing to do? Is using the gospel in a way that it's not effective, are we really doing what God has called us to do? Are we really doing our diligence to reach those? Is it even going to reach it? Like, are we even presenting the the, the true message to people at that point. Um, real quick, in, in John 12, like you can see um, how sometimes it's, it's, it's really easy to, for people to find 
reasons, right? John 12, uh, 42. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. So it's, and this is human nature, okay? We, what, we love to hold on to things. We love to hold on to some sort of uh, idea of power or idea of success or, or idea of, of being in control of things. But that's not always the, the case. That's not always the, the true, um, that's not always reality, in other words, right? These, these are ideas that we hold, but because of these things, we, we tend not to want to, people will tend not to want to submit or, or give up uh, their lives to Christ. So with, with that understanding, um, now going into, into Acts 4, and, and it's really just to understand the, the, the gospel message and how simple it is, is the most effective weapon to reach the people around you, to be the, the, the church that we are, we are called, called to be. So we see, as I previously stated, so now we, um, Brian went over Acts 3. We have Peter and John walking to, to the temple. There's a beggar, and they, you know, he's asking them for money. He's asking them for alms, and the crazy thing happens. Peter says, money I don't have, but what I do have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Pick up your man and walk, right? And then this is something that Peter has seen Jesus do and just having that boldness and that faith to declare the, those words and then it says that the beggar leaped up and and clinged on to to Peter like who wouldn't right like if you're <laughs> paralyzed for 40 years and have that type of healing have that type of of power um experiencing the power of God at that level but again just be careful like we we sometimes associate the power of God as being um, being miracles, right? But I want us to go deeper into that and really focus and see that the the power of God is is in the message of Jesus Christ. All right. So we have um, so after after that happens, so we have Peter. Um, Peter's on. So now that's just drawing a crowd, right? People are seeing that. This, this beggar's heel that's drawing a crowd. So now they're, they're in the temple court in Solomon's portico. So he's there. So Peter now takes the opportunity. He sees the people gathering. So he takes the opportunity and he starts preaching to them. Right? He starts delivering the, the gospel message. So at the end of chapter 3, you see that his, his message is quite simple. It's not anything too deep. It's not anything. But it is the gospel message presenting God is meeting you in your sin. You need forgiveness, and here it is, right? And so now we find ourselves in chapter 4, verse 1. So the priests and the captain of the temple guard and, and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to be about 5,000. So hear this out. He's there. He's preaching. And 
it says the captain, the, what do you call them? The bouncers, or what else can you call them? <laughs> the, the head, <laughs> the guard, <laughs> the, the mob guy that comes and finds you and breaks your leg. He sent, the, the priest sent that guy, right? So, and it says, and the Sadducees, so let's, let's, let's not miss this point, okay? So the Sadducees did not, they, were, they, they benefited from Rome. Okay, so just keep that in mind, because they were in power um, because of the Roman Empire. They they benefited not only having that sense of power, but um, wealth and and just that status, right? But the Sadducees did, did not. They were very conservative. Did not believe in demons. Did not believe in angels. Did not believe in resurrections. Did not believe in the coming uh, of the Messiah. But yet here's Peter preaching all those things, right? So it, it, it is a political, um, their, their argument, it's more political because not only are they destroying their thoughts, their um, ideology, but now they're taking it away. They're afraid to lose that power, that sense of, of authority that they have, they have over people. So here, here's the question, and, and this is true um, to this day, and we have to ask ourselves, how is a church supposed to operate in a culture that's increasingly hostile to what she believes and embraces. So, again, there are people that respond and there are people that reject. But within that people that will reject, there will be people that, that willingly will persecute and try to destroy the message. So how are we supposed to operate? So we're in, 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 in this hostile environment as the church of God, as believers. And I'm talking to us who are believers, like how, how are we supposed to operate? So there's a couple things. So I'm the first one. And this one's not very easy. Learn to accept adversity and expect criticism for doing good. There will always be adversity. Okay, even in, in think about, um, well, I was just talking about pers personal experiences. So even coming, even for when my family moved up here from, from San Diego, like God. Uh, so we, we tend to associate um, God like um, we use um, language like, oh, God opened doors for me. Right. So we, we always say God opened this door or God's opening doors. And what's difficult with, with that thought process that what happens when there's no doors that are open? Like we, we, we tend like sometimes and, and I've experienced this where I think, well, is this not from God or um, so we think as the easy path as being God's will because God has opened doors. But then when we experience adversity, when we experience closed doors, is is that not God's will? Can it be God's will? So I remember moving up. Um, when we moved up from, from San Diego, and so me and Nayeli had a sensing like, hey, it's, it's time to go, which sucked, right? Because we were deeply involved in, in our church. We had a strong connection of, of friends, a strong connection of believers around us. And to give all that up was very difficult. Um, so she's the one that came up to me first. I'm like, no, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. Um, but then I prayed about it, and God's like, gave me the sensing, no, it's going to happen. Um, so I, I tend to like, okay, so I'll start looking for work somewhere else. I'll start. Um, and it was difficult because I didn't find any work. 
And not only that, like, like I remember going to interviews and it's like, oh, you're too, like, you're too, you're overqualified for this job. Like, I don't care. Just give me a job. Um, but in, in a sense, it, I was, but I was trying to be faithful what God was putting in my heart. Right. And, and I was being persistent and I was praying. I said, God, this is what you want me to do. So I'm going to do regardless of what happens. And we made the choice regardless of anything. So it almost felt like even when we first moved up here or we we're looking for places to live, like nothing was happening. Right. But it, there's times where you have to be persistent. There's times where prayer and persistence in prayer, there's times where you have to kick open doors to go down the road God wants, wants you to go down, right? So even in, in our church, look at everything that we have experienced this past year and a half or two years. And, and I'm pretty sure Christine is the one that experiences the most, right? Like we had, you know, coming down from the associate pastor, leaving and everything that that caused. And then, you know, COVID. And then is the church going to survive? And then, you know, board members leaving. Is their church going to survive? And, and you start going through all these emotions. You're like, God, what's going on? You know, but then you hear like, no, this is where I want you. This is where I want you to go down this road. So you have, there's times where things are not going to be easy. Yet that's the road God wants you to walk down. Okay. So expect adversity. Expect things, you can expect things not to be easy. That doesn't mean that you're outside of God's will, or that doesn't mean that that's not what you're supposed to do. The other piece of it is expect criticism for doing good. I remember, um, if you guys remember, everything was going on with, with the unfortunate events in our country of the, the police shootings and, and um the, our black brothers and sisters dying at the hands of police. And I remember talking to Brian. And so it, it was a moment where you really didn't want to say too much because you were trying to process everything that was going on. Right. And talking to Brian on, and, um, and the elder boards, like, hey, I, we have to respond as a church. Right. Um, we have to give our stance that this is not correct. And I remember Brian getting connection and, and, and finding people um, that weren't from our church, that um, have experienced racism, have experienced all, everything that was going on. So we did, we did this video. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. It was like last June or July, right? We and when we showed the sermon, and, and we tried to show who we are as a church that we're listening to the other side. We had former police officers there, so we're listening to both sides, listening to both sides, right? We were trying to do good in the situation that was happening. You will not believe the amount of criticism that came out out of that video. Like, like, no, you didn't do this right. Or you should have done this. Or you should, um, why didn't you do this? Or why, why didn't you say this? Where people were offended by it. And all along, like, we were trying to do good. When, when me and Nayeli decided, we, God put in our hearts to be foster parents. You would think... Even our sometimes our, our family being encouraging, but it seemed like like people were like, oh, why are you doing that? That's gonna be too hard. Or, or like you would think like people like people like yes, it's something good that you're doing. It's something good to to live out um, the gospel and bring in because the word of God says that you know there's um, to bring in 
the orphans, bring kids, the widows. And if God has called you to call us to do something like that, like there, there has to be some level of obedience, right? But it almost seemed like people were more, and I'm talking about people in, in our um, inner circle, I should call it, were more critical than encouraging. And I'm sure a lot of you have experienced criticism for doing something good. So it's something, as a church now, learn to accept adversity, expect criticism for doing good. Okay? You will never be good enough for everyone. Never. Here's the other point, and a very important point. Stand up for the truth, not your truth. And today, that is very difficult. So without getting into too much of a political fight, <laughs> let's understand this. We are trapped in our own perspective. Okay? That's who we are as humans. Our perspective based on our race, our gender, our culture, our experiences. Okay? We are who we are. We think a certain way, and we are shaped by all those things. Right? My culture is very different from yours. My gender is very different from yours, right? And, and, that, is, and that is very true. The, the most apparent place you see that is in a marriage, right? If a man walks into his closet and says, I have nothing to wear, what does he mean? It could be on the floor or it's dirty. If a woman walks into the closet and says, I have nothing to wear, what does she mean? <laughs> I experience this every Sunday. <laughs> closet full of clothes, still nothing to wear. Um, but it, diff, different perspectives, right? Marriage, even me, me and Ayoli can see the same thing. But we see them from completely different angles, right? But yet sometimes, and even with our marriage, we try to replay World War I and dig into our trenches and start lobbing grenades against each other, right? Why? Because we see things differently. We are trapped in, in who we are as a person. So as, as a church, as people of God, we have to realize that. And we have to learn to listen. Listen to the other side. Listen to people. For someone, addiction may be the most. They're trapped in a cycle of addiction, and that is very difficult. For us, it's like, just snap out of it. Stop doing what you're doing. Right? But, but we're not experiencing what, what, they, what they experience. For, for some people, they may be stuck in a cycle of depression. And, you, and, and, that, and that will make no sense to you, right? But for those who have experienced it, who have experienced depression, know that sometimes it comes and you're out, it's out of your control, right? So, and, and, and that is true with, with race. It is true with, with different ideas. And, and, and this is where... where and God does not mind if we see things differently. God made us all different. God made these different, different races, different culture, because 
that's he's that vast and enormous of of just the of everything that comes out of him, right? But we have to know that our what's true to us, and in a sense, I'm not saying let me try to rephrase that. What may be true to us in a sense of our perspective is not going to be may not be true for the person next to you, right? They may not see things the same way, right? So, again, we we have to be careful, and especially right now with all this crazy. I don't know if I should go down this road. <laughs> with all the crazy talk of this pandemic and, and, and vaccines and, and politics and Guys, it's okay if we don't all agree, right? It is okay that we are in a room with people that think differently. There may be Democrats in this room, and that's okay. There may be Republicans, and that's okay. There's going to be people that feel more comfortable wearing a mask. That's okay. And there's people that feel fine and feel safe not wearing them. That's okay. And it goes on and on, and even with vaccines and everything, it's okay if people don't think like you, all right? But we can't be under the banner of Jesus Christ and say, this is the way it is. You cannot do that. And that's not who we are as Access Church. And I'm sure you guys know that. But that's not who we are. That's not who we should be as Christians, okay? Learn to listen. So verse 5. Give me one second because I did not write verse 5 on my paper. So moving on to first, verse, verse 5. So they got arrested. Now we have the next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. And as the high priest was there, and so was Caiaphas, John Alexander and others of the high priest family. So the Sanhedrin meets in the morning. So Peter and John were arrested, right? So they had to leave them locked up for the night. And now in the morning, they're in front of the judges. Um, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what, by what power, what name do you do this? Verse 8, and this is important. you got to ask yourself, okay, are you full of the Holy Spirit or are you full of something else? Okay, because your response to, to, to people, unfortunately, people are watching us, right? And they will always point fingers at what the church does. But So before you respond to anything that, that rises your emotions, always take a step back. Am I full of the Spirit right now? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if you're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. So important... Two aspects I want you to see. When they were arrested, did they fight it? The last time Peter was trying to be arrested, he cut the dude's ear off. Okay? 
there are times, and, and, and this, again, this may be counterculture, especially right now, depending on, on where you're at. There are times where God, unfortunately, asks you to submit to authority. And sometimes that's not easy. All right. But then there are other times where God tells you to stand up. And that may not also be easy. So you have to know the distinction, have the discernment, how we talked about it's a weapon, of when of what God has, is being is asking you to do. Because when he when Peter was arrested, he did not fight it. But yet when he is asked the judges, when he was before the Sanhedrin, he stood up and fought. Salvation is found in no no one else, for there is no other name under under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note and these men and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could not see the man who had been but since they could see the man who had been healed, standing there with them, there was nothing they could do. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and conferred together. So this blows, should blow your mind. They see the guy being healed and they acknowledged it. Hey, what they did, it's the evidence is right there in front of us. There's, there's no fighting the evidence. And if we do something to these guys, then the people are probably going to riot. So, so they see the evidence of God moving, but yet they still rejected what was right in front of them. So it goes back to point to to I want the first point of the church will always find people who accept the message, and the church will always find people that reject it. Okay, and it's not up to us to determine who accepts and who rejects. It is our job is to present the message. Verse sixteen. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among these people, we must warn them to speak and no longer no, must warn them to speak no longer to no longer to anyone in in, his, in this name. Then they called them again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Quick question, though, and this, this part is cool. Have you ever wondered, how do they know what was said if Peter and John got kicked out of the room? How do, how do we have an account of what was spoken inside that room? Some of the biggest critics of Christianities will convert. Some of the biggest opponents will convert. And, and, that, and that is a, a message to hold on, faith to hold on to, be bold. That there will be, even though they reject it at first, there will be people that will respond. They might not respond today, but they will respond. The fact that we have this account, what was said, is because there were members of the Sanhedrin that came to faith and knew what was said in that room. So, verse 20, um, 
And we go to verse 20. Where did I stop? So they told him not to not to preach and say anything in his name. But Peter, verse uh, 19. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So there's, there's times where God will call you to be bold and to stand up against authorities. But it's have discernment and when is that time to stand, to stand and to take a stand. And Peter, Peter stood up and said, I don't, you can tell me what to do, but I'm not going to stop speaking. And so, so now that what, last point. Stay committed with the church. So this is how we respond. Stay committed with the church. Look at the, the response that they had um, in verse 23. Not only did they pray for boldness, but they, um, they walked in it. Verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Jumping to verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They didn't pray for protection. They prayed for boldness. Okay. They, they had the discernment to know that this is the road God has walk, called them to walk down. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the, the word of God boldly. They, it's, it's really... As a church, sometimes it's difficult in a culture that we live in, how to operate, right? We feel sometimes you feel like you're you're we have to walk on eggshells. Or sometimes a lot of people under the banner of Christ, they're not acting very loving and they're not acting very graciously. So these things, these three points, is just for us to find practical ways on how we should live, practical things that, that we should do. Um, that will help us live out our mission. But one, one of the things that, that do want to reiterate, that God does not need a makeover. He does not need us to make Him look good. God is good. And people will come to realize that. That when God has calls us out of these things is because he has something better for us. Mass the worship team to come up as as I wrap up. Um, we we tend to to not use um, our gifts our um, our weapons that God puts us at disposal. Sometimes we, we think that, that there are some things that, for example, communion, fellowship. 
who would have thought that that's actually a weapon? Right? There are things that, that we live as a church that requires us to walk together, to be together, to defeat the problems that, um, that we have, that we're facing. But know that we're not facing them alone. Okay? That, know that, that the church is a place where everyone is welcome. Or a place where people should find peace, a place where people should find the love of Christ. And sometimes the love of Christ can seem messy, right? Because there's times where we have to continuously walk with people through, through their struggles. But we don't we're, grow weary. Because the Bible says don't grow weary of doing good. And it says it for a reason because we tend to grow weary. Like it's hard, right? But the love of Christ, the gospel message, is the weapon that will pierce. Is a weapon, the weapon that will bring people to awaken to the knowledge of who he is. To awaken to the fact that what he has is better. He is telling you, leave this because the flourishing, the human flourishing is in, in, in what he has commanded. This is, that is where we find joy. Um, please remember as we go through worship, we have communion. We have the prayer team. Uh, please take advantage and now walk walk alone, right? Our prayer team is here to help you fight. Our prayer team is here to encourage, to help, to build you up. Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are, for your blessings. We thank you, God, that you are who, that you are good. We thank you, Father, that we have an example of you starting your church and, and really sparking, igniting it to bring the message across this globe, Father. And we stand here thousands and thousands of miles away. Thanks to those faithful few that, that ignited this movement, Father. And we pray that we can faithfully continue it, that we can be uh, bold in our faith, that we can be countercultural, Father, that we don't fight, that we don't find fall into the traps of arguments, fall into the traps of disagreements just because someone stands on the, on the other side of the aisle, Father. Be with us, walk with us, bless us as a church, Father. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go toaccesschurch.com.